What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Thanks to all of you who might be watching or uh, listening to us on playback as you build your golf lineups or watching us live on YouTube or on the Roto Grinders website, wherever you're checking us out from, we appreciate it. I am Justin Van Zud and I will be the host of the program. STL Cardinals 84 is my daily fantasy handle. We've got the usual three-man crew this week, so I've got uh, my buddies Notorious and Tambo here with me. We'll bring them in now. Tambo, welcome to the show. What's going on? Oh, not much. Happy to be here with you. The big winner from last week. I had you on the Wednesday show. We talked about it. It was Sam Burns versus Keegan Bradley. You were obviously riding the Burns train. And then by the end of it, you said, listen, man, why don't you just play them both? And I certainly wish I did in a lot more lineups because that would have been better for me. But uh, I know you had a pretty good week and I'm excited for this one too. Back to the Wells Fargo here. This is a great tournament, great field, a really strong field, actually. You know, and, and mo- we got a little bit of a practice run last week. So I'm, I'm happy to get back to this before we get into the major season again here with the PGA Championship just around the corner. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun over the next couple of months. Last week was pretty fun for me. And, you know, the, 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 the funny thing is I didn't really love the field. I didn't love the way the builds were coming together. Uh, and I built the, my lineups at like 1030 Wednesday night, somewhat begrudgingly, uh, and, you know, fired them in and, uh, glad I did by the end of the week. So, uh, it was, uh, it was nice to, uh, take down a GPP over on uh, FanDuel for once last week, probably the first time I've ever really hit anything over there. And, uh, if you check out our scores and odds, premium content, all of us, Noto, Tambo, now myself and TJ, uh, we have all hit an outright winner at some point over the last three months. So uh, that's, uh, you know, that's no small feat uh, for four of us to, to hit an outright winner. So check us out. You can check it out over at uh, Scores and Odds Premium. Our uh, golf picks have been absolutely crushing it over there. So I was happy to pull my weight. I uh, had Burns as one of my picks last week at uh, 90 to one. And uh, I was almost more excited about that, even though I didn't actually have a ticket on him. Uh, then I was uh, winning the DFS money. So, uh, but both of them together was great. So uh, we'll bring in Noto as well. Derek, what's going on? Yeah, congrats on the big win. Uh, always good when one of us have a good week. It was profitable for myself, but a uh, little disappointing. I mean, I was high on answer, Tringali, Burns, Keegan, um, even Brand Snedeker. I had him as, uh, you know, way overweight. And then I had him as a top 10 too. Um, and he ended up missing like an eight footer on his last hole to finish T11. So Overall, uh, I'll take it, but I uh, thought it could have been a lot better. And uh, just looking forward to rolling it into this week. I, uh, I I realized this because my team that I had had both Neiman and Snedeker. Um, and I was doing math because I was trying to figure out if it would have been beneficial for Neiman to bogey his last hole uh, because that would have brought Snedeker from 11th to 10th. Yeah. Uh, and the bonuses that would have, you know, they both would have finished 10th, but uh, Neiman saved par despite being like 30 yards off the green. So uh, that was unfortunate for your top 10 bet there with Snedeker. Um, I think he closed, I think Snedeker closed with a couple of bogeys or two in his last three holes, maybe. So yeah, yeah Neiman, the shot tracker said he duffed his chip at first, yeah. and then it was like 11 feet away and he uh, made it anyway. So yeah. Um, so that was tough, tough break there on the Snedeker top 10, but he still played pretty well uh, and has been playing well for the better part of the last month. And we talked about, you know, him and Keith Mitchell being on the team uh, at the, uh, the Zurich and they both played pretty well, had a really strong week. I said it wasn't going to be good for the bankroll. I did play a lot of Keith Mitchell last week and he, he set, had to have set records for his putting on Sunday. Uh, I believe it was minus 8.7 strokes putting. 
on Sunday alone uh, by the end of the day, which is simply incredible, um, like six strokes worse than anybody else in the field. Uh, and we were trying to come up with a golfer for our guess the golfer game where you guess a, you know, a less popular value play. Uh, and we give out a free week of Roto-Grinders premium. And the first name that Derek brought up was Keith Mitchell. So he very clearly did not roster Keith Mitchell last week to go through that putting round <laughs> on Sunday. But uh, that was, was something to behold if you were following that final round. But uh, Tambo, other thoughts from you last week? Uh, overall, pretty good week. I thought, uh, you know, a couple of things that stood out to me just for, you know, one for this week with Tringali and then one for future with Connors. I mean, Connors has just stayed on top of his game. I know it was a, a rough start there and he's in the field this week as well. I shouldn't say that, but I just mean in general of we've been playing him anyway. And he was minus, I think 0.8 or something on, on approach on day one. And then he went a, a stroke and a half or better each round and got better as the week went on. So he really could have been in the mix there. I'll save Tringali for a second. JT, uh, who we're going to talk about in a second here. I mean, if he said it himself, if I could putt this week, I would have won. And I believe it. He played so good otherwise, which we'll get to. And then Tringali, the, you know, the stat line, of now being the winningest or the highest earnings for a, a non-winning golfer on the PGA tour and moving into the top 150 in overall earnings is pretty crazy. And just something to keep track of, you know, with these guys, everyone just, oh, they have no chance. They're no good. This, that, and the other guys do get better, right? They improve just like everybody with DFS with, you know, golf is no different. They're, they're out there trying to get better every week and any given week they can pop. Some get a little bit more consistent. So those are some of the guys that we'll talk about for this week that I thought would just be a good spot to bring them over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, lots of guys who have, you know, have, have been playing really good golf that might have the perception from people that, you know, they're not great golfers, but yet they continue to outperform what our past expectations are. Uh, you mentioned quite a few of them there and guys like Connors and, uh, you know, Max Homa, I think is another one you can throw into that group that uh, you simply got to figure that, you know, these guys have gotten better. And at some point, you know, you got to build that into the, the baseline that we can come to expect for these guys. So uh, good points there. Noto, anything else on last week for you? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Tringali. He's just a different golfer now. Uh, he used to be like Zach Johnson off the tee, and now he's well above average in distance and uh, gaining a bunch of strokes. He's actually top 25 in uh, all strokes gained categories uh, in this field this week so he's definitely a different golfer than he was uh, a while ago same like with Webb Simpson same with Harris English these guys just figure something else uh, in their game uh, I'm glad you brought up JT lost six and a half strokes putting so yeah he oh could have been could have been right up there uh, if he would have made a couple putts and then uh, yeah you brought up Max Homa he's been a big leak in my game I missed out on the win so I kind of been fading him ever since and uh, he just continues to crush. So that's been a leak in my game and then playing Patrick Reed ever is a leak in my game. I can't Man, believe Man, I, I tell got you, played. I played him last week too. <laughs> it, we are the curse for that guy. I can't believe I, it happened again. I haven't played him as my one and done. Oh. <laughs> I just need to stick to going opposite you guys cuz that's what it was. Like yeah. you know, I w- I wasn't interested, you guys were in. And now this week I'm interested and it sounds like you're not. So go ahead, play all the Patrick Patrick Reed week. Let's go. You can safely assume that we're both out of there. I believe um, it. Yeah. This week. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I I never get that guy right ever. Never, ever. Neither, (laughs) neither of us do. It's so bizarre. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun tournament, you know, obviously with uh, both Burns and and Bradley coming down there kind of became a, a two golfer race there on Sunday. Um, and you know, if Keegan doesn't dunk the ball in the water there on the par three on the back, who knows how those last few holes turn out, but, uh, still was fun to see Burns get that win. He was obviously, 
um, you know, choked up about it. And it just, uh, it's a dif difference maker for his career. And after, you know, all that he's done and all the grinding he's done, uh, certainly well-deserved and uh, a little biased on my end as well. Happy to see him win last week. So uh, that was the Valspar. We'll move on to the Wells Fargo championship with not necessarily that dissimilar of a course uh, in that we have a longer course that, you know, is going to prioritize guys who can, uh, get it out there off the tee and and stay out of trouble. So, uh, Noto, we usually have you do the quick little course breakdown. So what do we got at Quail Hollow this week? Yeah, par 71, over 7,500 yards. So definitely a lot longer than uh, these plotter courses that we have seen over the last few weeks. Uh, in terms of, you know, raw statistics, driving accuracy, green regulation, scrambling, and three-putt percentage are all worse than PGA Tour average. So pretty much everything is difficult across the board. 53% uh, of the approach shots will be from at least 175 yards. So got to think long irons are going to be critical here. Um, you got to take advantage of the par fives and, uh, you know, driving distance certainly helps, um, especially more than we've seen the last uh, pretty, pretty much the last couple of months outside of the masters. Uh, but you just want to gain strokes off the tee. If you do it through accuracy, I'm okay. Still taking you here. Uh, we have seen some shorter guys uh, play well here, most notably like Webb Simpson types. He does have a you know house on the course and all that. But um, yeah, I'm looking at ball striking, looking at tee to green. Basically, I just think you need to have a strong all-around game. Uh, the greens themselves, pretty average in size. They're Bermuda grass if you do like to look at the putting splits. And that's all I got for you. All right. Uh, in terms of golfers that we want to target then, uh, Tambo, what are you looking at on this course? Now, one thing that's nice is we do have a, a pretty solid course history factor here. I'm not, you know, as high on that. I'm all about the recent form and what you're doing coming in. But I just think when you've seen a course enough times, you can sort of get a feel for what the course is, not necessarily who's played the best here. We'll get to guys like Rory, Phil Mickelson, my, my old friend, Ricky Fowler. Those guys will all come up because they've played well here. But I'm still going to stick to what have you done for me lately? Uh, I don't think it's a course to get right on. I know that knowing some of the stuff around the course can definitely help. But at the same time, I, I want a good tee to green all around game coming in the long irons that Noto mentioned distance can definitely help. And I think that will cue into some of the things we do with roster construction with some of these guys at the top where I almost want to play all of them, not all of them, but I, I can't do that. But uh, there's enough guys that you can use and utilize to build up some of these bomber type lineups that still have guys that have been playing some pretty good golf or have that upside built in. And, and last note, I brought up the point earlier with Tringali and Connors and guys like that around more of the point of, we get the sticker shock on the price, right? You see an $8,400 Tringali, you're like, oh, that can't be a real thing or 50 to one betting odds or 40 to one betting odds. Like that's dumb. It can't happen. Well, it can. And then it ties into this as well, where, you know, some guys that just, you know, they can come out, they can have a good week. And we saw how hard it's been to get these six out of six lineups, just in general, that you do have to take some of these chances in these large field tournaments. And if they boom, they can really boom and make your lineup, put it in a pretty good spot, at least going into Sunday. For sure. Uh, on these larger field tournaments with 156 golfers, just really tough to get everything right and get that six of six and get the right combination along with it. And now we've got a more loaded field, a star studded field this week compared to, to last. So it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to X out names. It's hard to narrow down that player pool at the top when you've got all these top, all these elite golfers that, you know, you feel like they have a legitimate chance to win. And if you X them out of your player pool, well, you know, the old FOMO, uh, what, what's going to happen if I, if I fade, you know, this top guy. So yeah, uh, it's, it gets really tough in these deep fields where it's still priced relatively tightly, not priced necessarily like a major, but um, yeah, it makes it really tough to get those six out of sixes as we get to these 156 
golfer fields. Uh, Noto, any other thoughts from you before we dig in individually to uh, to all these guys? Yeah, I was just going to hit on the pricing. It does seem a lot tougher than usual for a really stacked field. Usually um, we have a lot of guys in the 8K range that you can just start lineups with and feel pretty good about. But I haven't built one lineup yet that I feel like, you know, really good about. So I like the tougher pricing, but um, it does make it tougher to start with one of these guys at the top. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to make some tough calls as you round out your lineups, particularly if you're a single entry lineup person. Uh, that uh, gets a little tricky this week. So let's go ahead and break it down. Like I mentioned, we've got lots of golfers at the top. Uh, we've got six golfers at or, at or above the 10K mark on DK this week. Uh, it's a home game for Webb Simpson at uh, Quail Hollow. That narrative always gets played here. You've got Rory, who's really been struggling lately. You've got Xander Shoffley, who maybe is seeing just a little dip in form by his standards. And then you've got JT Bryson and John Rahm at the top. So um, we're not showing massive, massive ownership on any of these guys. Rom currently the highest of the bunch at about 20% and then JT at about 18. So uh, Tambo, your thoughts on the top group and is, you know, is there enough value to make it work? I think so for sure. Yeah. I like a lot of these guys, as I just mentioned, took a little flack yesterday because I said, you know, Rom doesn't win. I meant like Rom hasn't won lately, but he's been a top 10 machine. So certainly in DFS, I was still in on him, but my first bet of the week was on Justin Thomas because they had the same odds and JT's winning the players and you know could have won last week. I just feel like he's going to close it out more often. Loves this course. Won here in 2017 when uh, you know this tournament was played at Eagle Point, but the PGA Championship was played here at this course at Quail Hollow and he won that. So uh, certainly in on JT, in on Rom, uh, Xander, I really like, I'm happy to see that he's showing up currently under 10%. I think, you know, the narrative around Webb, we've seen it plenty at the window, I and mean, he does just show up there and the 10-2 price is fair. So I, I can see making the argument for it. The reason I love Xander though is because comes in second a lot, which means he could win. He's right there with that. But like I've said in the past, there's plenty of guys like him, uh, you know, him, Hovland, Neiman, answer these types where they can make some big mistakes on day one and you still can't count them out of battling back. So I, I like those three. And then the one that, you know, I'm not really in on Roy with the course history stuff. He just, if you can't get right at a guy, everyone's saying this is his get right spot. Well, the Augusta should have been his get right spot. Like even Spieth during his worst downswings and down spirals was still playing good at Augusta. Rory could not, couldn't even see the weekend. So if he, if he crushes me, so be it, but there's lots of other guys, but I do have a little bit of an appetite for Bryson just because of the, I know it's down to three par fives and not the four, but there's drivable par four there, You know, he, he's got the ability to get it out there. We saw it make a difference at the API and then bring the rest of the game into it. I think, there's some serious merit to playing some Bryson DeChambeau in these large field tournaments at 14% or whatever he's showing up less than JT and Rom. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, this course is certainly one that uh, has benefits uh, for those that can, can hit it long off the tee. Uh, lots of golfers have talked about the, the importance of off the tee game and, you know, Bryson leads the tour in in that department. So uh, you've got the three par fives, you mentioned the drivable par four, uh, really, there's a couple of them. Um, yeah. eight, eight is uh, 346 yards with really no hazards other than a front greenside bunker. Uh, 14 is about 345 and does have water left if you really miss. But, um, you know, Bryson can certainly drive either one of those holes depending on pin location and, and where the tee boxes are placed on some of the rounds, plus the three par fives, which will be reachable for him. So uh, I, I don't mind that call. Um, I wouldn't, you know, go out of my way to, to fire him into a single entry, but 
absolutely will be part of my GPP pool this week. Uh, the, the only guy that I really just, I can't do right now is, is Rory. I'm, I just, we need to see something before it's just right now. It's just blind faith. Uh, and, and his game is not where it needs to be for, you know, me to think that he's got that much win equity right now. And he's still going to be double digit owned. Like I, I know the name brand and the, you know, the, the history and all that. Uh, but I just, I can't play Rory right now. So he's the odd man out for me. Noto, how you handle the top range? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. Rory's going to be the odd man out for me. I just want to see it before I end up taking him at this price point. Doesn't feel like we're getting much of a discount with his recent form. I'll have pieces of the other five, um, probably the lowest of Webb, just because I think he's a good top 10 bet. I just don't know if he's going to win um, in this field on this course. So I'm probably out on or lower on him, but uh, yeah, Rom's been awesome. I mean, he's gained strokes off the tee in every event since the 2019 Tour Championship. So if you want a guy that's good with the driver, that's certainly John Rom. Doesn't have a weakness in his game. Love the Bryson call. Um, in addition to you know having a big advantage off the tee, he's much better with his long irons than he is with his wedges. If you look at his proximity distances, we talked about this at the API. Um, you're gonna have a lot of those 200 plus yard shots, even on the par threes, and. That's by far his best uh, proximity range. So I do like that call for MME. JT, if he putts well, you got to think he's going to be there on Sunday um, with the win here at the PGA. And then, you know, he's just in contention every week when he putts well. Xander, I think he's going to get overlooked. Um, you know, we haven't seen him since the Masters, but I think he's a good option as well. So, yeah, I'll have pieces of all of them uh, except Rory, which probably means he's going to win since none of us are on him. No. <laughs> I just don't see it right now. I mean, it just would have to be a sudden snapback to to the, to his form. And I mean, he's missed both ways with the driver. It just it, it, the Bryson thing has just messed him up. And I don't know. I I can't see him I mean, top ten. You know, seventh, eighth, something like that. Yeah. But for it to click with him, even when he was right over the past couple of years, it just has. It hasn't. The thing we always talked about was that he could never put four rounds together. Well, now he can't put two rounds together. So I just don't think it's suddenly going to turn into a win. I think it's going to see, you're maybe going to see some gradual improvement. And if we start to see that, maybe we'll, you know, we can hop back aboard, but I just, I can't do it with Rory right now. And like you say, maybe that'll just be suddenly it's going to happen, but look, if that's what beats me this week, I'll, I'll live with it. So Tambo, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, just all the, to echo that, that was what I was going to say is, you know, the thing about Rory is he's going to make the cut. So I know we've already said how hard it is to make the cut, but so is probably Justin Thomas, Bryson, Rory, or Rahm and, and X. And these guys, they can, I've got more faith in them making the cut and doing something with it. Rory drives the ball so well that it's very hard to, you know, fathom him missing a cut at a course that he knows like this. The question is, like you said, can he piece together four days and close it out for you? There, there's just no discount to Noto's point. The, the betting odds really weren't that great for me to get excited about it. He hasn't won anything in a while. You, you got this course where he's played well at. But like I said, if he didn't get right at Augusta, I know there's the added pressure of the career grand slam, but at the same time, you know, it's a course that other guys that haven't been right have still found their way around. You know the course, you don't. It's something with his game right now. And if he comes back, if it comes back to bite me, think about all those times we could have played Spieth when these same sentiments and things were out there and just you didn't play him and you just raked because he was just sucking. And now he's back. And I know it's turned around since then, uh, getting the win just recently, et cetera. But uh, this is just that spot where Rory's having a lull. He, yeah, he's dropped to 15th in the OWGR, all these things. Look, I like Victor Hovland. We're going to segue anyway, but I, I like some of these guys in the 9K range to make the cut just as much. And then again, do more with it over the weekend. So I'm fine with getting off Rory here and playing the guys above and below. 
All right, let's go ahead and move down into the next range then. And we go into the 9K options. And again, I mentioned this was a deeper field. Um, we've got uh, the aforementioned guys that we talked about at the top of the show, Connors, Reed, Max Homa in the lower end of the 9K range. As we move up, we've got, you know, Zalatoris, Finau, Hovland. So uh, pretty strong group here. Wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys wins it. Uh, Noto, I'll go to you first on this group. Who are you liking in the 9Ks? A lot of good names here. I think you can definitely start a single entry lineups uh, down here if you want to, uh, if you're looking to maximize your chances of getting six to six through. Love the spot for Tony Finau. Um, look, he's a bomber. He's good with his irons. He's gained strokes around the green in 10 of his last 12, gained strokes on the green in eight of his last 12. And if you look at the bomber-friendly courses, the Masters finished 10th, uh, Riviera finished second, Farmers finished second. So you get him on these longer courses, uh, especially in the deeper fields. You know, I think he's going to contend. And uh, he's got a pretty good course history, too, here. Um, he's never missed the cut. So I like him quite a bit. I think Joaquin Neiman makes a lot of sense. Uh, Justin, you talked about it last week, hadn't missed a cut since the start of the year, and he hasn't missed a cut in 16 events. Uh, he's sneaky long off the tee, really good ball striker. He makes a lot of sense. You know, Corey Connors just continues to post top 25s, even when it feels like he's having a bad week. So he makes sense to me. Uh, Will Zalatoris, if you didn't catch him on the foreplay pod, uh, he was awesome. So go listen to that. Um, talking about, you know, his play at the Masters and, you know, the approach he took into some of the holes and, um, you know, how he's trying to be more like Tiger and all those guys. So, uh, definitely listen to that. I don't think I'll get to 21% because that's pretty high for me for a guy that's never played the course, but I'll definitely have some shares of him. Um, same goes for Hovland, you know, just continues to play well every week and finally outside of Florida. So I can put that stupid narrative to rest uh, that doesn't seem to ever work. Um, I'll be off of Cantlay, just similar to Rory. I want to see a little bit from him first. He's missed three straight cuts in stroke play events and didn't play very good in the uh, team event either uh, with Xander. So uh, I'll be off of him. And then Patrick Reed, I mean, he loves this place. He's going to play well, but I don't think I can play much of him. I can't. Um, I know. He, he gets the X for me, so you all can celebrate. Perfect. If you're playing him, you can pop the <laughs> champagne wait. now and get the sparkly uh, grape juice, whatever you want, uh, and, and play your Patrick Reed. So, uh, all right, Tambo, go ahead. You can just talk about Patrick Reed if you want. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't just talk about him, but I definitely like that you guys are both off him because that's how I finally get right with Patrick Reed is anytime you guys are on him and I'm off, it goes the other way. We'll go this way. I'm on him. Uh, you know, a couple things. One, second to JT when the major was hosted here in 2017, it's eighth and 28th since then here playing. I know he just missed the cup, but eighth before that uh, he's, he's got the ability to show up. He cares about this event. He's going to be there. And I love, you know, I like some of the guys around him, but I'm just saying like Reed and Zalatoris are both great plays. I just, you know, I'm going to side with being underweight, like Noto said, and a guy like Zalatoris where if it's the sticker shock that gets me again, then so be it. He's definitely showed up at plenty of these courses uh, made his presence known the U S open when he first came on the masters just recently with a second, like there's no doubt that he's got game. We're going to be seeing a lot of him for a long time. We've been talking about this forever, but I like Hovland and Finau a lot more. Noto, you got to love the, the ownership on Finau right now. We talk about this all the time, but when he was 20 and 30%, we were in when he's yeah. going to be 13 or maybe less as this Zalatoris Reed Connors, Neiman, there's just so many names in here that I'm just fine getting over the field on Finau instead uh, especially because he just suits it. Like he's, he's turned it up like Bryson in the past. He, we know he can do it. He doesn't need to though. Cause he just leans off a little bit, keeps it more accurate is typically really good. And he's good around the greens bunkers, all that stuff that goes in with it. So I certainly like Finau Hovland's got the ownership, but I think rightfully so uh, we love a hot Sunday round. He had the best Sunday round coming out to Valspar with a 65 there. So I certainly do like that. 
Uh, and then Neiman and Connors are kind of the other two guys down at the bottom. I'm not as big on Homa. Uh, played great last week. He's the one that we just talked about, the sticker shock factor. He certainly fits that bill with the Tringales and Connors and that. But when I've got Connors, Neiman, Reed, Finau above him, just makes it a little bit tougher. And I wonder if maybe too a little bit of the, uh, he's technically the defending champ here, right? So uh, he's, uh, or is it, was it just that it was his first win? I think it's still because it got canceled last year. He's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a, the media presence around him. And he's been doing a lot lately, man, playing some great golf. So I uh, can't discount him, but, my guy's right below him, Abe Answer at 8,900. So I, I can't play too much Homa there at 9K straight. Yeah, it, it is tough with that price tag. Um, but with all the guys around him, I mean, it's it's tough to to take him over Neiman at 9,100. Uh, I'm kind of in that boat too. But uh, yeah. I've always, you know, I've kind of missed the Homa rise a little bit uh, as well. So uh, the other issue is that, you know, we can we go into the 8Ks and there's still – there's still plenty of names, you know, in here that uh, are guys that are playing really, really well right now, but we have to start with this. Um, and I was sure I, I tweeted this last night. I was absolutely sure that this would be the week. Uh, we've got more of a bomber friendly track, you know, it's, and I see, you know, Brian Harmon's like 30 to one to win. I'm like, okay, he's going to be expensive. Oh man. Brian Harmon is 8,700 on DraftKings at a course that theoretically doesn't necessarily fit his playing style as well as some others. So this will be the week that I don't open up lineup HQ on, you know, Monday night and see an orange dot, that orange dot that's just perpetually burned below Brian Harmon's name. I think it comes pre-populated there every week, but um, this will be the week that Noto maybe cools a little bit on Brian Harmon, but I don't think that's happened. Noto, you got to sell us all on Brian Harmon at, uh, you know, 8,700 on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, uh, he does come pre-populated. Uh, for him not to be a core play, I have to go uncheck him. Um, I asked for that uh, from RG, and they hooked me up. Uh, look, he's not a bomber by any means, but he does still gain strokes off the tee. He's gained strokes off the tee in 10 of his last 12 events, and he does it because he hits a ton of fairways, puts himself in good spots. He's great with his long irons, pretty good course history here. One of the best short games on the PGA Tour. Uh, we saw him T12 at the Masters, so we know we can get it done on a long course. And I just think he makes a lot of sense. Um, I like the price point. Um, I do think it'll keep ownership down. I uh, don't mind going to Sungjae right above him. Um, number two in this field, the strokes gained off the tee. So another one of those guys that not overly long, but he hits a ton of fairways, puts himself in good spots. Uh, you know, if you're 320 yards off the tee, but you're wild, it's not really helping you all that much on this course. So you still want to be, you know, in the fairway if you can. Obviously, distance is going to help, but that's not going to be the sole focus for me this week. So I like Sungjae. Uh, anytime he's on Bermuda, I'll play him. Um, Keegan, I don't know what to do with Keegan. Uh, I'll probably be off of Bubba. I like Tringale because we always like Tringale um, until he lets us down. I don't see a reason to get off of him. Like I said at the start of the show, he's top 25 in this field in strokes gain off the tee, on approach, around the green, and strokes gain putting. Um, the only other guys that do that are like the ROM and those types at the very top. So he's in good company there. Uh, I want to get you guys' thoughts on like Jason Day, um, Bubba Watson. I'm tempted to fade them both, but um, I've heard of their names a lot around the industry this week. I tag day. Um, and I don't remember the last time I have done that. It's probably been a couple of years. Maybe I just, you look at the way his game translates nicely to this course. We know that when this his short game has maybe been a little bit of a weakness for him lately, which usually isn't the case, uh, but he hasn't been playing a ton of golf. I mean, small sample size. Um, but before he missed the cut at the masters four straight, 
top 35 finishes and everybody will see, you know, that master's finish and kind of shy away. Day is one of those players kind of like Kevin Na that people just don't like to roster. Um, 24th and a win on his last two trips to the course. So, uh, and his off the tee game has really been, you know, the one part that that hasn't really let him down so far this year. So I think that's encouraging. Uh, we still got him at about 7% that, you know, based on the kind of the side buzz I've heard on him, uh, you would normally expect the golfer to be in maybe that 12 to 14% range, but that's just kind of that anti Jason day bias that's out there. So I'm not on Bubba this week. I'm on day. That's my stance on those two. Tambo, you can fill in with that and, uh, and what you like in the eight case. Yeah. One of Jason day or Ricky Fowler is Rory <laughs> Mac is Rory McIlroy for cheaper this week. I'm, I'm not sure which one I actually kind of side with the day, I, you know, day play there. I'm in on Ricky a little bit. I'll talk about that later just because I don't think, uh, you know, we finally got $7,800 on him. I'm going to stick to the AK range though and talk about it. But the thing with day is, uh, you, like you said, a lot of the stuff you mentioned cards with them, you know, switching coaches, doing that stuff, bringing over. And then if this is a course too, where you noticed in the past, that the putter matters quite a bit as well. And we know that he can definitely get hot with that. So, you know, just to your point there, Noto on Harmon, I don't hate that because of that reason. Not only can he just keep it in the fairway and do what he has to do. If that putter starts to get hot, that's what you'll see. I think uh, when Homer just ran away with this thing, I believe he gained massive amounts with the putter to be able to win the, you know, over the field by that much. I think he beat Joel Damon by three and the rest of the field by five plus. So uh, it happens that way here. That can happen. One of the guys that's been, you know, I mentioned a second ago, Abe answer that's actually been doing a lot with this putter, including a, a bunch of strokes gained last week at the Valspar, but his off the tee game is just so good. He's not going to be a core play for me by any means or a conviction play, but he's just a guy that I like here. And, and I would still take because reminds me kind of like a Hovland or an X as uh, Xander that is where he, they just don't make a lot of mistakes and they don't really blow up and that can still help here, right? You get around, you, you score where you need to because you make less mistakes and then that can put you in contention just by chance or you have that good Saturday round on moving day and that puts you into the spot. So Tringali, I'm with you. The only other guy that I like in this range really uh, you know, Sungjae a little bit, but Emiliano Grillo, another guy, been really good off the tee, blew up on everyone last week. He's your flop leg candidate of the week. I had Kazire pegged from the week before. This is the guy here. Emiliano Grillo is going to come back and do some damage here. I think it's a, you know, a good spot for him. I believe it was ninth when he played here in 2018 and before his miscut and blew up like at the end, I, I think it was him, Streelman, Kirk, somebody. Who, yeah, Chris Kirk and somebody else that blew up everybody on the cut line. Gim had a 10 footer that he needed to make at the Valspar. We're talking here last week, guys that just blew up lineups. And uh, the first flop leg candidate for sure is going to be Emiliano Grillo. So I do like him at 8,100 if people are going to go away from him after last week. Yeah, that was a really tough miscut. I think four over on his last four or five holes. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, it was a tank uh, that, uh, and of course, when that happens, Seems inevitable that they're going to miss the cut by one. And that's what happened with Grillo. So um, I suppose it ended up, I had him in my player pool. So I was kind of upset at first, but uh, worked out, I suppose, by the end of the week. But um, don't mind that call for sure. Noto, any other thoughts on that range? Otherwise, uh, you can move down a little bit if you like. Uh, so it used to be called going full Keegan. What do we call it now after Grillo did the same thing? We call it going full Gregan. Mix the yeah. two together. Yes, works for mix me. the two. That they're, works for me because they're, they're the two guys enough. that are most likely to do it. Exactly. <laughs> it just makes so much sense. Uh, the only other guy in the AK range that makes sense to me, uh, my model pulls in more longer term form. So Harris English rates out really well and he's going to be 2% owned. So I will have some Harris English. Uh, moving down, you mentioned the flop lag. Russell Henley really got me last week. 
uh, one of the few weeks that he lost strokes on approach. Um, he doesn't have good course history here. I think he's one for three with a T71 as his best finish. So uh, I don't know what to do with him, but uh, he's going to be a lot lower owned than he was last week, and he's a lot cheaper. So I'll probably go back to the well there. Um, Lucas Glover has been playing well other than Saturday and Sunday. Um, he fell apart on the weekend. One of my many guys that fell apart. Uh, I'm with you, Tambo, on Keegan. I have to do it. Uh, I'm sure Cards is going to disagree because – uh, he's smart and doesn't play the guys that aren't good at golf anymore. Uh, but but Ricky Fowler, I mean, T17 is last time out at the Valero. Gained strokes in all four facets. Four top five finishes here. Never missed a cut. I know he's not the same golfer as he was, but maybe, you know, getting into the PGA Championship, he needs to prove himself a little bit. A lot of people are mad that he got that special exemption. I don't know. I'm just reaching for straws here. I want him to be good. Uh, I think it's a great course fit for him. So I'll be on uh, Ricky Fowler. I like Taylor Gooch. Um, he's a guy that when he makes a cut, posts a lot of high finishes. I like Brendan Still. Uh, he was really coming around until his miscut his last time out. It was right on the number. So I'm not overly concerned about that. And the guy I don't know what to do, uh, Matt Wallace. I've heard some sites have him at 20% ownership, and I just cannot believe uh, I'm going to play Matt Wallace at 20% ownership. So I wanted to give you guys thoughts on that. I hadn't seen that at what percent? Uh, so just some of the other sides. We have him at 14. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I've heard he's that part. Yeah, he's definitely getting steam. I know it's his recent form and coming in, but uh, yeah, not someone I was excited about playing. But yeah, I, I've, I've definitely heard that and seen it, read his name in a lot of articles, betting sites, things like that, that people are betting him. So uh, I don't know. I don't really see it in that sense, but uh, he can definitely do his thing. Like he could pull a Harmon here and, and pull it off. He's a great player. Watch him on the Euro tour quite a bit. Guy, you know, before he came over and started playing a lot of these PGA tour events, he was awesome over there as well. He's in great form. I could see it. There's just not, he's just not a guy that I'm in love with in this range. Yeah. So back to Fowler for a second. Um, you know, 13% I'm out on Fowler. Like, I get the course history and the fit, but how many times have we said that over the last three months? I mean, his course history at a lot of places is really good yeah. because he was good. Yeah. Um, and See, now he's not as why, good. This is why you win the money. And we, uh, <laughs> I'm getting, <laughs> I'm already sold, man. I'm tapping the gavel. I'm sold on this one because I think it's what I just said. One of those two, Jason Day or Ricky, is Rory McIlroy for cheaper this week? And I'm agreeing with you, cards. It's Jason Day. This guy's just got the better game. And I think we're trying to talk ourselves into Ricky Fowler. I was. Noto and I, I'm speaking for him. I'm but not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying. saying for Noto and I, I'm speaking <laughs> for us. I'm saying that I think we're trying to pull the same thing that people are trying to pull with Rory. Like everything, everywhere has to be a get right spot. Every narrative has to lean in them someday playing good again. And we can just yeah. see it could take years. It could be J Jordan Spieth, especially for Ricky, who just hasn't. Ha I mean, he, like you said, he got a little bit back recently, but it's more likely Rory bounces back quickly than it does Ricky. So I don't know. I'm kind of being sold on that, but uh, yeah, I, I liked your comment on Taylor Gooch. He's a guy that when he makes cuts, he has upside. I did mention about that earlier. I like that. He's also a guy that when he doesn't make cuts, he Venmo's people back the money that they bet on him. If you guys <laughs> saw that over the weekend, I thought that was pretty interesting because man, holy Tony Finau going to have to dump the truck in my backyard. Oh, if he sent me back the money that I lost on that guy. So, you know, I don't know. There, there's a few guys in here. The one that's actually scaring me, you know, to say hold some up, time hold up a sec. Something makes me think that something makes me think that Patrick Reed's not going to show up to help out me and Noto, but <laughs> no, <laughs> not, neither is Kucher if you ever bet on him either, because he can't be be troubled to do that either. But uh, yeah, one guy I liked coming in, I bet him right away, and I might just have to settle for this. I just loved, you know, I I love Harold Varner. Everybody does. Great dude. 
doing a new podcast. You can check out, there's all these things, man. This guy's just amazing, but uh, he's picking up quite a bit of steam out there and the home event. He did call it his major. He wants to come out and play well here, almost to the point of the way Max Homa did it at the Genesis, uh, you know, a few weeks back there. So I could see it, but with him picking up all the steam and some of the other guys we've got in here, we talked about Henley. Uh, I don't mind Stuart Sink. As a matter of fact, since, the, since he's picked up the, the uh, Bryson-esque of uh, driving distance and just the ability and just having some great all-around game, uh, Kevin Streelman, Glover, Matt Jones. I'm, I'm trying to you know draw straws maybe there at the bottom, but I like Gooch, who you mentioned there, Noto. Even Joel Damon could be interesting. I don't know. What, what are your guys' thoughts, cards? I'll flip it to you on Harold Varner. Uh, not just because the ownership, but just in general with everything that's going on. He hasn't really crushed it here in the past, even though I believe he's a member and I know it's his hometown area, but uh, 7,600 with some ownership. What are your thoughts on HP3? Yeah, I don't really have a strong take on him this week. Um, you know, I think he's all right. Certainly a course that would suit him if he's, you know, if he's hitting fairways. Um, you know, I, I think he's a nice risk reward play. If he was, the reason I don't have a strong take, like if he was 17, 18, 20%, I'd probably just say pass. If he was four or 5%, you know, really strong GPP option 12, I, you know, I can probably see it leaning one way or the other. If you need him to round out a lineup or something like that, I think it's fine. Um, like the Gooch call, maybe a little bit better at a little less ownership if you're looking to play that game, but it's not like, you know, it's not like Barner is outrageous. So I don't really have a strong take on him. Uh, this range is tough for me, I, you know, because I, I just, I don't have a whole lot of conviction outside of, you know, that I'm not playing Fowler on a lot of golfers from say 7,300 to 7,900. I just, you know, I, I do like the Henley call. I, I will have him in my player pool. Still not sure on Wallace with that ownership creeping up, but uh, it's a tough, a tough range for me until we, you know, get to some punts. So uh, Noto, anything else there above say 73, 7,400? Uh, not really. I do like Varner a little bit. He does have some upside. And uh, I was just looking at his proximity ranges and uh, his two best ranges from 175 to 200 and from 200 plus. So uh, very good with the long iron. So uh, if you want to play him, I, I certainly think it makes sense. I doubt he gets 12%. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's a guy that's going to get way popular. I guess there's not a ton of great options in the in the 7k range, like you mentioned. It's not. Yeah, it's just it's yeah, kind of meh. Yeah. And I don't know if it was really just be like the ownership, something there, like you said, it's 12 is who cares. It's one way or the other, either playing or not. We've talked about this in the past, play your guys, Noto's new, uh, new motto, right? Just play who you want. And then we can get different down below. And, and I know he's kind of in that mid tier range, but uh, it certainly seems like a good play. I was happy to get him. I bet him at 90 to one. So uh, he, he's a guy that I thought right away, that's a, a pretty good number on. So there is some upside there, uh, you know, going down below, if you want to play a little narrative angle, you know, I always like to bring those, but uh, Ian Poulter, his, his son saw Stewie sink, had his son on the bag and was getting W's and said, dad, when can I get on the bag? And Ian Poulter not only said, here you go, son, Brit, you know, come to the Wells Fargo and play with me. But I saw on social media today that they had a little father son quad go out on the course. So it was Stewie sink and his son, and then Ian Poulter and his, uh, who looks a lot younger. So I don't know, it'd be an interesting dynamic, but I, I think Poulter could be a decent play. I just feeling comfortable, right? We've seen that with Lee Westwood with his, girlfriend fiance you know on the bag we you know stewie sink with his son i'm not sure that's like sort of a, a narrative angle other than that though it is tough cards to your point and i'm just playing guys in here boomer bust as we talked about earlier uh, carlos ortiz matthew neesmith sebastian munoz uh, you know guys like this denny mccarthy all, all these guys that are you know hit or miss, and of course cam davis you know i'm not leaving him out at 7100 if they make the cut 
they're coming through and they can outscore. They've got the ability off the tee. They can bomb it out there enough or at least a little bit. There's really all these guys that I'm just taking some shots on here. Yeah, and that makes sense in GPPs with this kind of being a tough range. And before we get to the sub-7K golfers, um, we'll do our Guess the Golfer game. If anybody in the chat wants a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium, you can guess our uh, lower-owned golfer, value golfer of the week. Um, it was 6K, Chase Kepka last week, which worked out okay, made the cut, had a decent week, uh, faded a bit on Sunday, but uh, still a made cut for a min-salary 6K golfer on DraftKings. Never a bad result. Uh, so our golfer this week is... Uh, 7,200 or less. I'll narrow it down that far. Not 6K punt-ish this week. So we'll say between 6,500 and 7,200 to give you a little bit of a range. Um, Single-digit ownership uh, and a golfer that, you know, might get a little bit of buzz this week, but still relatively lower own that uh, that we kind of like. Um, we'll leave it at that for now and see if anybody can uh, can guess it. So uh, we can provide additional hints along the way if nobody gets it, but a free week, week of Roto-Grinders premium access. Uh, and if you like it, uh, you can, uh, you know, hopefully sign up and uh, we let uh, all our premium subscribers pick out the specific sports that they want now and get a little bit of a deal with a first-time subscription. So I uh, like to give people a little uh, peek behind the window and uh, and win some free Roto-Grinders premium for playing along with us on the show here. So um, without revealing our uh, winner there and our uh, guess the golfer game, we'll let you guys guess that for a few minutes and we'll go through s- s- a few more picks while you do that so uh go ahead no just to check the chat we got a winner already we got a winner out of the gate yeah first uh, pick nailed was... it shout out mike haberman just slammed it right out of the gate perfect yeah winner um easy that my chat was a little lagging there so it didn't uh didn't show up for me right away well congrats Johnny Vegas is the winner. I know Noto likes him this week. Tambo always gives me grief because I like him quite often. So uh, it seemed like a no-brainer. And obviously Noto and I both like him, but uh, we didn't really give Tambo the option since Noto and I both liked him. He was just the pick. So Tambo, do you really like the Vegas play this week? I do. Yeah, I think it's more than a, a fair play, right? He's been playing some better golf. He's got decent history. He's off the tee game is strong. He makes cuts at 7,000. Uh, we talk about this on the Wednesday show all the time, but you know, sometimes you just want to round out your lineups with without touching the 6k range not saying you can't do both play him and a, a guy or two below but i'm just saying it's a spot where if he was your last guy in on paper I, I wouldn't hate that and again it's like i said he falls into this same territory with the guys above him like cam davis aaron wise who we didn't talk about uh, some of the other guys that people are mentioning this week where you can just the upside is definitely there if he makes the cut that he could it's all a surprise what happens over the weekend but you see guys like scott stallings Hank Lebiota, different players that fall into these winning GPP tournament lineups, at least on DraftKings in the, in the largest fields. And this is a play that would definitely fit that bill. So I, I do like Johnny this week at 7,000 even. All right. Uh, let's go through some other of our favorite uh, values. Uh, Tambo, I'll stick with you. Uh, anybody else you like is we can pretty much open it up to fair game at this point. Yeah, I like Doc Redman, 6,900. I think that's more than fair at that price. You know, go back to the well with him. He's been playing a little bit better golf uh, as of late, you know, picking it up. So um, we were playing a lot more for him in the past. Obviously, he was sort of at that time on the same level as Sam Burns. We certainly haven't seen that. Burns is now picking up a W, but I'm just saying at 6,900, the price is built in. I mentioned Scott Stallings, had himself a really nice round at the Valspar on Sunday. Can bomb it out there, can do a little bit with his game there. So I like him. 
Adam Shank. I got to ask Noto if it's Adam Shank week because uh, this guy's been doing some things lately. We used to make fun of him, but all he does is make cuts and get top 40s. He's leveled up a little bit, right? He's hit the juice yeah. a little bit. He's getting <laughs> some some better numbers there for us. Uh, what are your thoughts on Adam Shank and maybe some other guys you like down here? Yeah, I mean, uh, back-to-back top 25s, uh, T13 here in 2019, and he's gained over 10 strokes on approach in his last two events. So he is one of the few guys in the 6K range uh, in my player pool right now. Uh, I'll have a little bit of Luke List, uh, tends to play difficult golf course as well. Um, Tita Green, he's been pretty good. Um, he's gained at least 2.4 strokes in seven of his last 11 events. I'll play a little bit of James Hahn, former winner here, uh, T13 at the PGA Championship here. Very hit or miss, so i uh, only look his way in MME. Uh, when I first made my player notes, I was so excited to play Aaron Wise at like 1% ownership. We have him at 10%. I cannot believe people are playing him at 10%. So don't know what I'm going to do there. Um, he does not fit my uh, don't play the cheap chalk. So not sure what I want to do with him just yet. Uh, I'll go back to Keith Mitchell because uh, I haven't played him in so long. Gain strokes, tee to green in four of his last five. I know he burned a lot of you guys last week. I'll go back to Pat Perez. Uh, he's talking about how much he's been grinding on his game, played well at the team event, T29 last week. Uh, pretty good course history for him as well. And then Jason Duffner, if you're playing Keith Mitchell, you got to pair those two together. Uh, he gained seven and a half strokes T to green and lost eight on the green. So those two combined lost 20 strokes putting uh, in one week, which uh, that's got to be a record. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. I, I meant to try to get uh some info out of you know data golf or something like that and have them go up and you know check some of the records in their database but uh maybe we can uh, get that later but uh it, it was it was an interesting thing to uh, to monitor on sunday uh when it got real bad so uh all right tambo i'll throw it back to you and then i can uh, add in anybody that we may have missed that i like any other points for you yeah, a few more there. John Huh, uh, not like the course fit realistically, but I am going to go back to the well because he crushed me so hard and many others at the RBC Heritage. Uh, he makes a lot of cuts. And that's, again, if you're rounding up with a $6,600 golfer, I'm going to look for that. And then the guy just doesn't make a bunch of mistakes. He can usually get you some decent finishes, some more, uh, you know, fire him off and just see what happens. Bronson Burgoon and Richie Wierenski, uh, even maybe a little bit of Noto's guy, Patrick Rogers. I think I might fire off on him a little bit here. I know it's Bermuda, but still uh, just the, the opportunities that he can get out there. I think he's a fine play here. And then Vincent Whaley is almost like Adam Shank 2.0. If you go look, I think his recent form is uh, pretty solid. I had it up here and then I lost 29th, 29th, 34th and 28th coming in. So uh, again, just some guys like that, I guess, Bo Hostler would maybe be another one that sort of came to mind. And I know some people have mentioned going back to the well with Akshay Batia there at uh, 6,300, getting another shot out here. I believe he has local ties as well, if that helps. So you want that narrative baked in. But uh, Brandon Haggy, uh, I'm just naming names now, though, Cards. What else you got? <laughs> um, I like Schwartzel a good bit. I've kind of been locked in on him over the last couple of months and uh, like the way they played with – he played with Oosthuizen in the uh, the team event, um, you know, and he talked about said all the right things afterwards. Even though they lost in the playoff with Louis putting the ball in the water, um, he's just been playing solid golf uh, at least uh, for the better part of the last month or two. Uh, top twenty five last week, also I believe T twenty one, and he still goes completely unowned in DFS. Like there is no, there is no reason why Aaron Wise should be ten percent. And Schwartzel should be 3% uh, 
when they're basically the same price with the way those guys have been playing over the last couple of months. I mean, a year ago, sure. But right now, you know, and this isn't to disparage Aaron Wise at all, but just pick the guys that are chalky in here. Um, I'll take Schwartzel at 3% as long as we can still get it if he's going to keep cranking out top 25. So, and he was our first ever guess the golfer winner a couple months ago. And that was before, you know, the form even really came around. I can't even remember why I liked him that week, some <laughs> random reason, but it's more than just a random reason now. I just like the way he's been playing. Um, we talked about Vegas. Uh, you talked about Redmond. Um, Wyndham Clark, I don't mind. Wyndham Clark can really bomb it. And when Wyndham Clark is really good and when he's on, he can be really good. When he's bad, it's really bad. So uh, you're certainly not playing him in a single entry or a cash game kind of build, but I believe he's fourth on tour in driving distance. Uh, And if he's hitting enough fairways, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him finish well here. And if he's not, I mean, he could finish last. It it wouldn't surprise anybody. So uh, GPPs, I don't mind the dart there on uh, Wyndham Clark and that's pretty much everybody on my list. Noto, you got anybody else? Uh, Tambo mentioned Hagee. I think he's interesting. Uh, very long off the tee and he's uh, not like a sprayer of the ball. Uh, we've seen some upside recently, second at the Honda, 17th at Valero and that's about it. Uh, that's kind of the problem with the 10k range is that the 6k range feels uh, pretty thin this week and there is 156 golfers in the field so going to be tough to get six to six. Yes, absolutely. Well, it will still be fun to follow in a loaded field, so we will see how things shake out. Uh, We'll see which chalk busts this week. There's sure to be some with all the golfers in the top and 156 in the field. So good luck as you build your lineups. We've got the AT&T Byron Nelson next week, uh, which is being played at uh, a new venue um, this is the this is the tournament that they tried to hold at Trinity Forest uh, for a couple years, and that got all the laughs on social media with that course playing super easy, basically like your local Muni, uh, with no trouble and you know birdies everywhere. So they're going to be playing it at TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas, uh, this year, and uh, I know absolutely nothing about that course. Uh, other than uh, Weisskopf designed it based on my quick Wikipedia search here right now as I'm talking. So uh, we'll break that one down next week. New venue for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Uh, before we get to the uh, PGA Championship, you got the Memorial coming up in June, you the U.S. Open, then we've got the Open Championship. So a uh, busy couple of months on the PGA Tour schedule. So we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Thanks for checking us out, those of you that watch us on Roto Grinders or afterwards on our podcast feed or live on YouTube. We appreciate it. For Noto, for Devin, our producer, and for Tambo, I am Justin. Have a great week, everybody. Best of luck, and we will see you next week. Thank you.